Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 7, Season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Uh, the Warriors, they're, they're three on the trot, um, and they did it in a real edge-of-your-seat match. thought the rest of the round was pretty entertaining too. What was your take on the round? Yeah, it was an enjoyable round, Brad. Evening to you. Um Friday night was pretty epic with two cliffhangers and the Warriors game took a few years off my lifespan, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but there were some really good games up until the Sunday again where there was a couple of floggings. Mm, Definitely. And um, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just um, remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league including our top stories of the week, a review of round five and our tips, a recap of the women's premiership grand final. Um, We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions we've got for each other, including um, Robbie's question from last week um, about the all Australian warriors teams. We've got that ready. Um, We'll then preview round six and make our picks uh, before ending the uh, night with a recap of the super league and see Simon's here. Evening, Simon. Um, so, yeah, remember to send us your comments and questions throughout the show and we'll answer them as best as we can. So we may as well jump into the news, Richie. Sounds good, mate. Um, first, um, it wasn't top of my list, but it's just broken through now. Um, I haven't got 100% confirmation yet, but it's understood that the Warriors have signed Ronald Volkman, Ronald Volkman sorry, on a three-year deal from 2023. Um, As I said, no official word from the club yet of the signing, but we talked about it when the rumours came out last week, Richie. Um, If it is official, um, it's not a bad signing. The kid's meant to be, um, you know, the the next big thing. So um, what do you think? Hey, if he is anything like the reps on him and indeed Cody Nakarima and and those guys aren't going to remain at the club, I think it's really good. Uh, exciting to see how he develops if he if he comes here and ho- hopefully he gets a good opportunity and takes it with both hands. 
definitely definitely so yeah hopefully we'll have a bit more information on that um next week for when we um do the show um so we can talk about it a bit more there but our next bit of news is more signing news uh the clary's Ivan and Nathan have officially re-signed with the Panthers until the end of 2027. Um, five years is a big time um, for, for a deal. You know, I've talked a lot about this on my show, or on this show, sorry, about how weary I am of long-term deals. But I think Nathan is probably one of those guys that um, you can gamble on for a long-term deal. He seems mm. reasonably solid. And um, I'll be a bit facetious here. I think the only way you keep him at Penrith is if his daddy's holding his hand. So um, you have to sign Ivan on as well. Not that Ivan um, is doing anything to say you should let him go. But, um, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's my show. Um, my bad, guys. Um, what are, What's your takes on the deal? It kind of seems like a no-brainer to me anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Cleary is a coach as proven himself over a long enough period now I think he's going to be one of those coaches that'll you know he'll be pretty successful as long as he's doing it and yeah I agree with you Nathan Cleary uh, I think he's only he's still a young man um yeah I think he'll, he'll only get better from here which is pretty scary to think you know the more representative games he plays and and the more final series he plays and I, I think he'll just keep developing so um, I don't think it's much of a gamble on, on behalf of the Panthers. I think it's just locking in a, a, a dynasty for them. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, great, great signings from there. I was trying to think of it after the news came out of what other teams would potentially be able to pick them up anyway. I think the only yeah. teams that would be really screaming, I suppose every team would want Nathan Cleary if they could afford it. Um, the Roosters would probably have bought him, um, no doubt. But... Um, I think a lot of the teams that really desperately wanted him would have been teams that he probably wouldn't look at going at because they're not that successful, if you get my drift. Mm, it could have um, been us. It could have been us, Brad. <laughs> oh, we can't turn back time, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, great news for the Panthers. Um, I think he's kind of that that lockpin of success for them. Um, yeah. He, he definitely doesn't do it on his own at the Panthers, but he kind of – orchestrates everything so great great for them um great to see them hopefully get some success at some time um next bit of news um marcelo montoya um during the the warriors game was heard on the ref mic saying a derogatory slur um or a homophobic slur sorry i'll get it right and um he has been suspended for four weeks um Oh, it's always a dicey conversation to have, Richie. Um, I, I think four weeks is a bit too long. I was kind of expecting two weeks. I heard mm. that the NRL was pushing for six, and he got four on good behavior, essentially. Um, I, I I don't, yeah, what, what he said, you, you can't say. I've had a lot of fights with people about it that are like it's it's too pc nowadays but i just put it down to the level of this is their job if i said stuff like that at my job um i would be punished if not fired i don't think it's a get them out of the game type of thing by any means but it's it's a line in the sand moment now they've put this in there so now we know that if this happens again 
um, this is what happens. So um, I think we talked off air about it um, during the weekend. I said there were other words that people have used against the Warriors this year yeah. alone. When Chanel um, mm-hmm. played Hollywood, he was um, told to get up and you could see the word used after that. That isn't yep. appropriate. Nothing happened, but it wasn't recorded um, on mic. But, um, yeah, and see, um, Mark's mentioned on my page that four weeks is a bit excessive considering high shots get a week. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think four weeks was too long as well, but they're, they're making a stance on it. And as long as they keep that stance and it's not a depending on the player, depends on the length, mm. um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm happy with it, but he deserved to be punished. I don't agree on the length, but what's done is done now. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do that type of thing again. And hopefully it's something that the rest of the players in the comp actually take note of as well. Uh, and and as you, in one of the points you said, there was, um, it's, not, it's not the sort of thing to, um, to throw him out the game over. Uh, and look, for, obviously, I'm, look, I'm not a league. I've not followed it closely, but I've seen some contrition. Um, which shows, and uh, I mean, if he come out and gone, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. Then me saying that, then then it'd be a different matter. But he's shown contrition. Um, and Mark also puts on your page. Um, I think education, and community service in the LGBT community might be better. I think yes, mm-hmm. some sort of uh, educational piece alongside a punishment. I think would be uh, would would be a good move there. I think yeah. the um, what I've also seen from a uh, female, um, I've forgotten her name now on Twitter, but female rugby pundit. Um, who's got quite a following uh is that yes get this and it's uh happy with this kind of this, this level of punishment um does open the question as to you punish this why aren't you also punishing some of the domestic abuse etc um that, that's that, that's been out there uh and, uh, something marks compared it one week to a head high tackle you can mm. compare it to some of the domestic abuse punishments you're kind of like well yes this is this is a good this is a good benchmark you need to lift your game on the other things though, as well maybe yeah, yeah. It, it opens um, a whole a whole lot of situations that they've kind of let go. I know a lot of people have been talking in Warriors groups right now that um, Katoni Staggs said the exact same word to a fan last year um, and got a $10,000 fine. Um, he was injured at the time, so suspending him didn't really change anything. So maybe if he was playing, it would have been a different story. But I, I think the biggest thing is it, it isn't, it might be controversial. Um, I don't think he was punished because of what he said, but because it was heard on live TV. Mm. Um, I could be completely wrong there, but I think if you didn't hear it, nothing would have happened. It doesn't excuse what was said by any means, but I think that is more the thing. It's being heard on live television when you have sponsors, when you're getting that. I think that is where it's come down. Yep. And yeah, Simon's mentioned as well, rugby league is one of the professional sports that had an open gay man play as well. Ian Roberts, who was a former Cowboy, and he came out quite hard on the NRL, the Cowboys and the Warriors for um, not addressing it quick enough. Um, I haven't heard much from him. Um, and yeah, Mark said he thinks worse is said every week that we don't hear. I think I saw it was a former player that said there was a lot of um even up until last year a lot of racial stuff said as well that you don't hear and because you don't hear it no one does anything about it um 
but yeah hopefully it's like i said a line in the sand moment um i'll let you go richie because i've just talked for 20 minutes about it <laughs> yeah my thoughts the punishment um in terms of games missed is pretty heavy-handed when you compare it to say mitch barnett getting six weeks for a deliberate elbow to to the jaw of a player off the ball um people getting two weeks for cocaine use so when you stack it up against other punishments you see it seems pretty heavy-handed i agree that the nrl has to be seen to be uh, you know inclusive and and all that carry on so you can understand punishment but i just think in terms of games missed pretty heavy-handed and i really agree with what mark's saying some community service and, and education would have gone nicely with with maybe less games punished yeah so i still think yeah two weeks maybe throw a fine on there and some education and community service but a boom that is i think better long term for everyone than the four weeks but mm. what is done is done they they haven't changed their mind when i asked them to um so <laughs> That is, um, so next bit of news, um, Callum last week asked a question about um, that Mark, Mark's listening now as well, that Mark threw us under the bus and didn't want to answer and told him to ask me um, on who the best front rower in the women's game is. And I said Millie Boyle. And then a few days later after I said that, Millie Boyle um, won the Dalian medal um, for best player in the game. She won it alongside um, Dragons player Emma. I'm going to get her name wrong. I think it's tony gatto um she so they it's the first time they've shared it as well um with a player but yeah so that just kind of um solidifies my my knowledge by picking the right front rower there um so yeah that was just a nice little bit of news i thought we could up the mood again after the last topic um <laughs> but we'll we'll get back down there again now um titans of course the stir this week um, with their tactic of getting penalised so they can do a captain's challenge on a previous call. NRL came out, and I think they've probably made it worse. I don't really understand Graham Allersley at the best of times. But he's basically, before this game and then after it, he said that if um, they'll simbin any player that deliberately does this, and then the Titans did it, but because they were right... It didn't happen. Um, so I think they're trying to say that if you deliberately do it and then your captain's challenge doesn't work, you'll get simbined. But if it does work, it's kind of a gray area. It's very confusing to me. Um, do you think they should just adjust how you do the challenge rule where you can just challenge instead of waiting for a stoppage of play to stop this from happening? No, I don't know about that. Like, to be honest with you, I... I think it's fine the way it is, but I, I agree with I agree that if they do a deliberate deliberate uh, infringement to get a challenge, they should they should be sinbinned. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the way that it was meant to be adjudicated. But the on-field ref didn't do it that way. I'm pretty sure that's what Annesley came out and and said during the week. Um, yeah, I, I think the refs are going to get the odd thing wrong here and there, but. Um, two wrongs don't make a right, and I don't think giving away a penalty to go back, slow the game down, and then have a look on in the bunker, I don't think that's the answer. So, um, yeah, I just think it is what it is. If 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 you uh, if there's you can't go give away penalty to to get a to go back, you know. Um, 
Yeah. It just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know about you. Well, no, yeah, holding down in the tackle as a professional foul and Simbin, as we saw a few weeks ago with the Warriors when Marcelo did it um, and he got Simbined. Um But, yeah, Mark Mark said if the rest were probably we wouldn't need captain's challenges and Simon said the simple solutions to get rid of it. Yeah, um, that's the other thing, get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, the refs always need to be better. I um, We're Warriors fans, though, so we're very skewed with our thoughts on refs. But um, they are going to make mistakes from time to time. It's just um, the fact that the Titans were able to do it twice in this game because they picked up an error that the ref missed. Um, so mm. the ref kind of needs to look at himself and go, okay, maybe you, you miss one, but two. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure this is going to be a topic we're going to get to talk about for a little bit because I'm sure we'll see other creative ways coaches and teams are going to figure out to use the loophole. Um, yeah. But next bit of news, Latrell Mitchell's out for eight weeks with a hamstring injury. Um, he was just kind of getting his groove again, and um, now he's gone. How do you think that's going to affect the Rabbitohs? Yeah, well, it's not gonna it's not gonna help them. That's for sure. I mean, they're already sort of been a bit hit and miss with their form. But yeah, he was sort of sort of getting back to where we know he could be. But it's a chance for Blake Taft now to show his wares. I know he likes the fullback jersey, and he did a pretty good job in the finals series last year. Once Latrell Mitchell was rubbed out through suspension, so yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, he'll do a decent job in filling in and and. Yeah, but it, it, obviously a player of Latrell's stature, when he's out for a period of time, it's going to hurt them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Blake Taft's a, a hell of a talent, though, so yeah. I think he'll do the best he can. Um, the Rabbitohs showed last year at the end when he uh, Mitchell was suspended that they can play. They mm. just have to get back into that form again and ride the storm. Um, but, yeah, eight weeks is a long time, but mm. hopefully he comes back for them um, at tip-top form. Yeah. Um, I saw Paul um, Paul um, mentioned that he's looking forward to seeing me um, take a ref course and blow a whistle in Auckland. I'm not a ref and I'm not a coach, so I won't be doing either of those things in my life. Um, I've learned the lesson. Um, it's more fun to complain about refs than be a ref, so I'll stick with that. Imagine, and, um, imagine the foul play if you were a ref. There's no such thing as a head-high tackle. I think we'd actually have more exciting games. Um, a lot of injuries, I'm sure, though. Um, Simon's also put in, he's reading on Facebook that the Roosters are looking for a way to get salary cap reduction if they produce junior or local players in their team. Um, interesting concept, but I don't like it. Um, don't like the Roosters exploiting this idea if it happens. Um, yeah, I don't think you can do that um, because... You think, uh, well, we'd probably make a bit of money for all the New Zealand developed players that are playing everywhere else, Panthers. Um, it would open a, a huge bag of worms. I don't think the Roosters are developing enough players to, to claim that, and they already don't pay the salary cap anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, it's more the teams like Penrith. Penrith have got juniors mm. everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, how far back do you go? Do you, do you say... Um, that Luttrell was one they developed, so they want money back from that because he's playing with the Rabbitohs and, and what have you. It won't happen. Um, there, it's too many loopholes. Um, but, yeah, I think you could do it the other way where you might get a, a discount on your cap for 
long-term single club players. Like you have like back in the day, you have like your Simon Mannering, 300 yeah. odd games, um, things of that nature. Cause then that could have a flow on effect where it encourages players to actually stay with a club instead of jump ship when they want a little bit extra coin. Yeah. Uh, you get my drift. Um, any way yeah. to try to keep players with the Warriors would be good, but um, I don't think, yeah, the, um, yeah, Mark's also said the Roosters don't have a junior league, so they develop no one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say yeah. it's pretty ironic coming from the Roosters. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I don't see that um, going anywhere, really. Um, if it was another team pushing it, maybe, but the stigma the Roosters have um, with salary cap stuff, um, they're not really the team to come out and um, start talking about trying to get help. Um, but, yeah. That was a nice little segue. Um, but we're going to go into a topic I've been wanting to talk about. Um, everyone's forgot about the Tigers in Australia and the Knives are now out for the Dragons. Um, talks about firing um, Anthony Griffin, everything. Um, they've even started calculating how much it will cost the Dragons to sack their coach. Um, it's $475,000 um, for the next season and a half if they want to get rid of him. Um, I love it. I love it. It's made my week so good, Richie. Um, I was looking into the stats. They've only won two games since the 2nd of July last year. It was the Warriors. Both of those games were against the Warriors, (laughs) (laughs) which puts a bit of a a bit of a sour taste to it. Um, Maybe they'll try to campaign to get more games against us um, throughout the year. But... um, what is, what's your take on the Dragons? It's kind of going as I expected. As I said, they um, I predicted them as my wooden spoon. But you have more faith in them, so I'll let you take the floor. Well, the faith is diminishing week by week, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, they're looking pretty woeful. They don't Watching them play, they don't look like they have that many players that appear to be too interested. Uh, ben Hunt is one that does. Um, but, yeah... No, it's, and then there's the selection problems, you know, um, sacking Tyrell Sloan and putting um, putting uh, Mbai out at fullback, you know, you're replacing a young, exciting prospect with, with somebody who struggled to get a start at an, another club who wasn't so hot either. Um, yeah. Yes, oh, some of the selection things are... are confusing me you know he's, he's got some pretty young hot weapons that he's choosing not to select which is i mean it's his team but yeah it's it's a tough one when you when you're going back to last season only winning one or two games um back to barbecue gate um, yeah yeah brad's brad's sitting pretty with his prediction you know thinking he's in well, the money there I still need the Tigers to pull a miracle out and string a couple of wins together to help me. Um, yeah. The Bulldogs need a few more wins too. Uh, but yeah, it's, I am um, like Mark mentioned earlier that they re-signed them in the off season. Yeah. Um, and then Simon's also said, can the Bulldogs, Dragons and Tigers merge? Um, I don't even think merging them would help. Um, I, I think they're all in trouble. The Bulldogs at least have a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think they even they they didn't do that well this week. We'll talk about it in the review. But I think they showed um, a bit more promise. The Dragons and Tigers aren't showing any promise at all. Um, but yeah, 
I don't think they'll sack him. Um, I don't think there's really anyone else there that could take it. I know everyone's talking about um, Shane Flanagan lurking around everywhere. Um, he seems to be that little coach that everyone seems to throw out for every team at the moment. Um, but I don't even think he would want to touch them with a 10-foot pole. So interesting times. They The only way it's a bit like um, I've said about the Tigers, the only way you can stop all this noise is by um, winning. That's yeah. easier said than done, but um, it is what it is. Uh, Mark's just commented as well, saying, let's not forget Griffin was sacked at the Panthers when they were fourth and fifth yeah. and five weeks out from the semis because Gus Gould identified he wasn't a coach to deliver in premiership. Come on, Mark, that's a lie. The only reason that um, he was sacked was because they needed Cleary back because um, Nathan was going to leave the club. So they... Um, they signed um, Cleary back to make sure Nathan didn't leave. Um, that's my inside word. Um, but yeah, he he he. I don't think he's at that level. He's not a premiership winning coach. Um, but that's very um, hypocritical of me as a Warriors fan. So <laughs> um, yeah, time will, <laughs> time, time hey, will tell there. Boy, didn't you two? Um... Uh, predict who was the going to be the first coach to get sacked. At the yeah, but we yeah, both, it was Madge. We, we both picked Michael Maguire. We we went with oh. the easy layer. Um, I think I I was too optimistic, thinking the Dragons would be as bad as they were, because there were a lot of people talking about them being top eight. Um, so when I heard all that after I said Wooden Spoon, I got a bit worried, but. Um, I, I think I, I might. It might be the only prediction I get right since um, all my other predictions look to be way off. But um, we will get into a bit of a, a laugh. Pitch invaders. Uh, for some reason, uh, this round seemed to be the round for it. We had three of them. Um, there's obviously been a lot of noise about the uh, the woman that was the first one um, and the tackle where um, she mm. got cleaned up. And a lot of people were calling for the security guard's head. Um, the lady in question has come out and said it, it was a, a legitimate tackle, um, solid 10 out of 10, and um, that she was in the wrong and it should just be left as it is. I'm on that side of it. Um, I feel like you remember we'll talk about the dark sport with rugby union back in the day if people got on the rugby players themselves actually tackled them. Yeah. So I'd much rather get hit by a security guard than um, I think Manonu was one, wasn't he? Um, Richie McCaw as well. Yeah. Got so um, if you, if you go onto the field, you've got to suffer the consequences in my opinion. Um, we saw the ne very next day with um the fact that everyone started talking about you shouldn't be that aggressive. We saw two more, and those security guards were so late that um, there was that guy with the flare gun. He's actually been charged and is going to spend three months in prison, but he ran out on the field with a flare gun and got to uh, got close enough to the players. We actually saw him on TV because they don't show them, obviously. Um, and then I saw it was because of fan footage, another one on that at that game, ran on and tackled a security guard. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It, it's 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 not funny. Um but it is but it isn't. Yeah. They um they need to sort that stuff out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, look, with, look, the one with the flag on that is nuts. That that, yeah, that, that is, nuts. you say, yeah. that's that's too dangerous. The one with the um, with with the woman, uh, and there was there was a still picture of, of of it, so I didn't actually see the actual tackle itself, but there were lots of things. Oh, it was a um, good hit, and it was saying, look, get a um, uh, caption this, and I was thinking, yeah, get a room. It seemed to be more the, the I didn't I didn't realize it was security guard and a and the pitch invader at the time, to be honest. Um, and I thought, yeah, you're right, that that. Uh, I, I even saw that one of the of the pitching bay tackling the security guard, and that was funny. It's wrong, but it is funny. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and um, we don't want to see it. Um, to be honest, I'm surprised that there weren't more because that was in a, a very boring game. So they had to do something to, to entertain themselves. But um, yeah, um, hearing the NRL and that coming out like attacking the security guards, it's it's not an easy job and um you don't know what the person's intentions are coming on the field so their job is to make sure people either don't get on the field or they get them off as quickly as they can running around and just trying to like uh, arm tackle them to grab them and drag them away you see that so many times where they kind of shove them off and they keep running Mm. um goldberg spearing them down to the ground quickly gets the job done um so yeah I'm all for it. Um, yeah, hopefully we don't see more of these this week. Um, but yeah, Simon also mentioned as well, um, it could be a dangerous thing with COVID-19. You know, you'd, yep. you know, the last thing you want is a COVID and person spreading it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, hopefully we don't see more of it. Um, but we'll go on one more bit because we're going a bit long in our, our new section. The Warriors and Roosters have unveiled their heritage strips, which will be worn in this Sunday's game. They're both versions of the jerseys they wore 20 years ago in the 2002 Grand Final. Um, I shared a picture. I didn't get a picture for you, Paul, unfortunately, but I shared a picture of the um, Warriors one last night. Um, there's always there's a long story. The 2002 jersey is my favorite jersey the Warriors have ever had. I've never owned one, um, which hurts me. And it's like, I'm buying this. I jumped on to get it this morning. It's all sold out of my size. So it evades me again. Um, I'll keep an eye out. But um, what did you think of the jerseys? Did you see the Roosters one as well? I did. I don't care much for that one. goes without saying. Um, (laughs) Still brings back uh, painful Painful memories. memories. Yeah. But our one's beautiful. Um, Yeah, that's on the buy list as well um yeah i <laughs> yeah it's nice i i i wouldn't mind it if if you're watching mum yeah i'm <laughs> sure there's a occasion i need a present for or something buy yeah. one for me for easter <laughs> they um they literally released it exactly a month too late um for my birthday yeah, yeah so that's Cameron George and all the Warriors crew, thank you so much for um, making my life difficult again. So, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, but uh, Paul, Paul said, is that the seventh or eighth jersey this season? No, it's only the third. They, um, I saw someone in a Facebook group ask them about are they doing an Anzac strip, and they actually said they've cut back the jerseys this year due to that stigma of being the club with all the jerseys. Um, I don't mind they make as many jerseys as you want. I I don't really care. As long as they keep a similar color scheme, I think it's the, the color scheme that you remember for the Warriors as opposed to the jerseys. But I don't buy every single one. So I am, um, I only buy the good ones, which is why I have the, 
the uh, the beautiful one behind me there, um, the beautiful yellow and black one. Um, and yeah, Mark said Indigenous jersey will be the only other jersey they do. Yeah. But I think four is fine. Um, four is fine. Insider info, yeah, because he's already, Mark's probably already got every single jersey they're doing this year sent to him in a nice little bag. Um, but yeah, and Rob, hey, Rob, see Rob's here. Um, he said it's no tablecloth. Yeah, that is still my favourite jersey there. Um, I'll never wear it, but um, it, I, I love having it there. Um, but yeah, enough jibble jabber. We may as well get into the round. Um, so I'll let you take the floor with the first game on Thursday night. Thursday night game, Knights versus Sea Eagles. Manly's, Manly's um, Brad's second team, we all know now. Um, and they <laughs> they got up over the Knights 30-6. to six. Five tries to one. Andrew Davey, Morgan Harper, Carl Lawton, Hamole Alakwatu, and Taniela Paseka. The five tries for Manly and one to Kalen Ponga for the Knights. The Sea Eagles getting this done without their big dog, Tommy Trebojevic. What do you think of the game, Brad? It's your team. First time this year I don't pick them and they win. Um, <laughs> it's hard to take. Um, I... Right, it was horrible conditions, first of all. Um, that affects both teams, obviously. Uh, the Knights had an early try taken away. Um, but they it's it's going to be it's an ongoing theme last week. It'll be an ongoing theme this week. They just struggled to hold on to the ball. Um, Kalen Ponga got hurt early on, which didn't help them. He did come back in the second half, but um, it wasn't enough to get the Knights into the match. I feel like they just weren't clicking. I've been quite optimistic about the Knights this year. Um, but... It, it, they just seemed off. I don't know how to really describe it. Um, I think they needed a lot more effort from their forward pack. Um, yep. I think if that happens and they start to bounce back, learn to hold on to that ball, um, they'll, they'll make a bounce back and it'll be fine. Um, for the for Manly, I think Dale Cherry Evans um, was playing well again. He controlled the match. Um, he's, he was quite confident. He was open to trying things. Um, he did that crossfield kick yeah. deep in his own half. Um it didn't work, but I think you've got to keep an eye out for that in the future because um, Saab, I don't know if you know this, but um, Saab's quite fast. He is you know, pretty fast. Um, if they do a crossfield kick to him and he can catch it um, in open space, he is gone. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure it will be something that DCE will have in his back pocket to, to pull out. It was just kind of like a, a little friendly jab to let you guys know that it's there. Um but yeah, overall, I think just a strong performance from Manly. Forwards were strong. Their mm. backs dangerous. I thought Dylan Walker was impactful when he jumped on from the bench, which is a good sign for Warriors fans for next year. But um, yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned the bench. I was going to mention the bench just to add on to what you've already said, Brad. Manly's bench, I thought, were really good. And Walker had two, two tri assists when he came on, so good signs for the Warriors, obviously, with him incoming. And a uh, former Warrior uh, Lawton, he, oh, got yeah. a try, he got a try and a try assist as well. Uh, but also Paseca and Kepi off the bench had really good contributions, so I thought they really made a difference. And um, I thought Rube Garrett was pretty solid filling in at fullback as well. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be all doom and gloom for Manly without Tommy uh, for, for the for the while that he's out. I, I think they sh- they'll be a bit better than they were last year without him, I think. Yeah, 
definitely. Should we go through to the Friday night game, the one we want to talk about? Yep, definitely. Warriors 25 over the Cowboys 24 in Golden Point. Like I said earlier on, probably shaved a few years off our lifespan. Um, but four tries apiece for the Warriors. Jesse Arthurs, Josh Curran, Cody Nikarima, and Ewan Aitken. For the Cowboys, Tom Dearden, Scott Drinkwater, Kyle Felt, and Valentine Holmes. And the all-important Golden Point field goal from SJ, Sean Johnson. Go on, Brad. Floor's yours. Yeah, um, taking all Warriors' side out of it, I think it was still a very entertaining match. Um, I got a bit concerned, you know, when the Cowboys were up 18-6, and then Chanel nailed that 40-20. Curran went over to score, mm. um, narrowed the lead, and then Cody Nicarima, um scored the easiest try of his life straight after halftime. Um, and about that, um, I've, I listen to a lot of um, podcasts and other shows in Australia, and they've talked about this match a lot. And all I've heard a lot is that the Cowboys led in those two soft tries, and if they hadn't done that, how different would the game be? But the um, the first two tries the Cowboys scored, I could say the exact same thing. If the Warriors yeah, hadn't let them do, Josh Curran had a poor defensive read, which is something I don't expect to say very much. Let mm. Tom Dearden over. And then Adam Fanua Blake um, went for the most relaxed grabbing a ball in the end goal I've ever seen in my life um, yeah. and dropped it and let Drinkwater score. Those are two tries that they should not have scored. So if that hadn't happened, it would be a different game. But that's what NRL is, you know. The, the, there's no such thing as a what-if, um, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, big effort, I think, from the Warriors to get back into that match. Um, Ewan Aitken was a monster. I know I got a lot of criticism um, during the weekend for not picking him in my Warriors 3. I, I changed that. I, I put him in. Um, it was – I'll – I'll try to make some excuses. Watching the game on the edge of your seat, writing a match report for two websites at the same time, you don't you don't absorb everything. Um, but I watched the game again and paid more attention to him. And um, yeah, he was he was really good. It's showing a lot. You know, he's leaving at the end of the year, so um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's going to switch off." He hasn't. He's giving it his all. Um, Fanua Blake, bar that. Um, one-handed grab in the end goal, was a monster again in the middle, and Nikarima added a lot of spark off the bench, which is why he is a number 14. Um, that's the job. The only, if I want to be critical, um, I think they um, tried to go to the same well too often, um, that going to the right and the cutout pass from Johnson, we saw the Cowboys mm. intercept one. I mentioned it in my review of the game. I think once you got to that point, you could see Manly were rushing forward for that to intercept. That's when Sean should have thrown a short ball. This is a front rower trying to tell a halfback how to do his job, but it, <laughs> let's let's give it a go. Um, when you see those guys rushing out because they're going to go for that cutout, a short ball leaves an open gap. Um, just, yeah, I know you watch, Sean. Just write it down just in future. If you see that, if they're telegraphing the pass, go for that short ball or an inside ball. Um and it could could do something. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't a perfect performance by the Warriors by any stretch, but they keep themselves in matches, and um, they were strong in Golden Point. I think once they got into Golden Point, I'm always worried because we haven't won one since Sean was 
since the last time Sean was with us. Um, but they were strong. They they never looked in doubt in Golden Point. And yeah, Sean, it wasn't the greatest um, field goal in the world, but it doesn't need to be as long as it goes between the sticks. So um, yeah, that's what he's there for. Um, I think best is yet to come for this side. I think the spine still got a lot of time to gel. Um, and I think it, this week's going to be a good indicator on how good they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, going up against the Roosters is going to be a tough challenge. And win or lose, we'll be able to tell by the effort on how good they actually stack. And, um, yeah, I've talked all about this, but there was another team there. Um, I think the Cowboys played the well, um, played well and would be disappointed to um, not get the win. Scott Drinkwater was great at fullback. They need to have him there all the time. I know the hammer is fast, but I would put him somewhere else in that back line because they need Drinkwater out there. Um, they troubled the Warriors' defense um, with a lot of offloading. I think that will be a big alarm bells for the Warriors and an indicator for other clubs on something they can do to disrupt the Warriors' defense. Um and yeah, I think they just switched off in periods in that game and let the Warriors back into the contest. Um, and it could be a loss they they live to regret towards the end of the season, um, which would have been the exact same thing I say about the Warriors if the Cowboys had won it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd said everything, but add something. You did say uh, a yeah. lot there, Brad. So you haven't left with me with much, but um, last you talk week... a bit more about Chanel. I will, I will. I'll get there. But I just want to say first that last week you were you were um, showing your knowledge on kicking game. This week it's um, giving tips to Sean, Sean Johnson on his playmaking. So yeah. it's lovely to see these layers to you, Brad. Um, <laughs> I continue to tell you there's no better playmaker in the NRL than a, than a front rower. So um, we know everything. I know. You're a yeah. half and trapped in a front rower's uh, frame. That's for sure. Yeah. I've always known that about you. But, yeah, Chanel um, Chanel's fantastic, obviously. I, I picked him as my man of the match. The 40-20 right before halftime pretty much keeps it in it, keeps us in it. And his defense throughout the game was, was uh, you know, pretty much 9 or 10 out of 10. Um, and with a minute to go, he, just the urgency to dive on a loose ball when the Cowboys were hot on attack to – to make sure that the Cowboys didn't pick up a late winner and it went to Golden Point. You know, it's just that hustle and passion he plays with that I was most impressed with. Um, I agree with you that the Cowboys probably looked the better team for a good chunk of the match, and I think they had close to 400 more running metres than us, so their forwards were rolling up pretty easily for a good portion of the match. But I think we came home strong. We just hung in there and then came home strong and... um, once it got to Golden Point, our forwards were really rumbling forward by that point, and and our our, our drivers, our game drivers, Johnson and, and Walsh, looked like they were commanding the ball more than theirs. Say Chad Townsend, which which I was quite pleased with, and we got it done. That's the main thing, you know. Um, we lost more of these games than we won last year, so to see us be made of a little bit more metal this year, it, you know, when we're not playing at our best, it's it's encouraging. Yeah, I, I think that's, and um, Rob mentioned it earlier, um, it's similar to the game we This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market lost to them last year and there were so many games like that last year where it came down to that clutch play and the Warriors didn't deliver yeah. um, so now they're showing that confidence that they can and um, they didn't I think last year with a lot of it especially in Golden Point they looked like lost puppies they didn't know mm. what to do um, this time they were more direct um, you saw that last drive the forwards knew exactly what to do they yeah. did it well and um, I think they would have got a penalty anyway if he had missed that field goal because um, the Cowboys were miles offside trying to charge down the kick. But it didn't matter because it went over. So, yeah, mm. fantastic. Fantastic to um, start the weekend with a win like that. Yeah, happy for to see Sean show the passion and that we, we should, probably should mention that, Brad. We, have, we didn't, but the, he had an interview after the game and see him almost sort of in tears. Um, you know, at the victory, and when he was asked about being back in the in the Warriors jersey, that's nice to see, wasn't it? It was. It was great to see, and um, unfortunately, it got a negative reaction from our our friend Tony Kemp. But um, um, I'm never surprised. I'm yeah. never surprised with that man anymore. Um, he was of the opinion that it was like put on show um, to help try to drive people to come to games and support them and. Yeah, um, the guy. I, I don't. I don't know why he still gets paid to talk about it. I am. I'm free. Um, Sky sends anyone um, that pays money to have that idiot um, take the streams. I'll do it. Um, I, I can't be any worse. But yeah, um, we must. We'll start another thing, and we'll start a. We'll start a podcast war if we keep going that way. So we may as yeah. well get into the next match. The second Friday night game, um, and if you're a footy fan, you probably went to bed pretty happy because it was another cliffhanger. Um, Broncos versus Roosters. The Roosters edging out the Broncos 24-20. to 20. It was four tries apiece for the Roosters. Sam Walker, Joey Manu got a double, and Santilli Tupunua. Four tries for the Broncos. Corey Oates getting a hat-trick, and Katoni Staggs got one as well. Uh, 10-0 at halftime to the Broncos. It looked like it was all going the Broncos' way and then the Roosters came back into it. Uh, yeah, very exciting match. Brad went down to the wire. Did you enjoy this one? Yeah. Um, I think the Broncos started this match strong. Katoni Staggs looks like he's got his groove back. We talked about it mm. after yep. he played the Warriors about how he just looked – not not interested and there was just something wrong but he um he started he was breaking the line he had a few wayward passes at the start but um he was just always dangerous with the ball in hand it's a much better performance from the broncos um i think they did a lot right in this game and it shows they are bouncing back 
um, after a few poor weeks. The problem is you just can't take your foot off the gas against a team like the Roosters. Um, they they had that. Uh, they looked like they had everything going their way, and then the Roosters pulled them back and um, got momentum heading their way. Uh, Joey Manu um, was fantastic, and he mm. was tearing the Broncos apart. Um, yep. in that second half. Sam Walker, I think, was good too. Um, he nailed that sideline conversion. I know I talked about it last week, that he um, he can't kick to save himself. He fixed that this week. Um, he showed confidence. Paul Momorowski offered to take the sideline conversion for him, and he was like, nah, I've got this. Um, good to see. Um, it was a good, tight contest. Um, you just have to play 80 minutes against the Roosters, but I must say I did feel more confident about facing the Roosters this week as a Warriors fan after seeing the Broncos take it to them. Um, if the if they had put 50 on them, I would be terrified this week. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great contest. Yeah, it was. It was really exciting, and I agree with you. I think watching this game for me just it, it told me that the Roosters are beatable, and We'll see if either of us tipped them, Brad, later on. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, they didn't. Ha- they don't have an air of invin- invincibility about them this weekend coming, which is good. Uh, but yeah, the Broncos were good. Tony Stags obviously massive, and Momorowski will be having nightmares about him. He got brushed aside on more than one occasion. Um, yeah, I was happy for Sam Walker to nail that sideline conversion. I agree. I thought he was good, but. Um, it was four tries apiece, so Sam Walker actually won the goal-kicking battle against Adam Reynolds, which you wouldn't well, tip at the start of the match. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, no, I thought it was a really entertaining game. Um, and thankfully for my picks, the Roosters got up. Yeah. Um, not that it mattered, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, next match. Raiders versus Storm. Um Storm getting up 30 to 16 over the Raiders, five tries to two in a typically um, in typical Storm fashion. Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Pappenhausen, Justin Ollum, and another one to Jerome Hughes late in the match. So five tries to the Storm to two from the Raiders, Semi Vellame and Nick Hotrick. What do you think of this one, Brad? Uh, Storm never really in any danger in this one, were they? Nah, not really. Uh, I think the Raiders just made too many errors against a side like the Storm. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, rinse and repeat of kind of what we've seen from them for most of the year. They showed glimpses of what they can potentially do, Um, but I think they're just sorely missing Fogarty and Hodgson. It seems to be something that a lot of the pundits in Australia seem to be omitting, is the fact that their their go-to halfback and their go-to hooker aren't there. Um, They're not the Roosters. They don't have you know, $300 million of players waiting to come in. <laughs> yep. Um, so many teams in this competition, if you lose both of those players, it's going to affect you. Um, but yeah, to their defense, I think the Storm may have scored 30 points, but I don't think they played that well. Mm. Um, they are just a team that have the ability to score even when I don't think they're clicking. Um, Harry Grant, like he he played well at hooker and created a lot of yeah. chances. Jerome Hughes, I think, was solid as well. Um, he got a double, um, but was really directing play. But I think Craig Bellamy will be disappointed in the amount of errors and missed tackles his side made. Um, he's never happy at the best of times. Um, but they are the type of team that I'm sure that's going to be addressed and fixed before this weekend's game anyway. 
Um, they're a dangerous team, the Storm, with threats everywhere. I'm not looking forward to the Anzac Day game. Um, yeah, that's not going to be great, I don't think. Have some faith, Brad. Um, yeah, you pretty much said everything I would have said except um, Munster as well. I think probably should get a mention. He had a massive game. Um, two try assists, line break, two offloads and 130 metres. So he, you, you were bang on about Hughes and, and Harry Grant, obviously Munster as well. So all, all the uh, big players for them, all their, their spine players were going well. But yeah, I agree. Um, didn't look like they quite got out of second or third gear, but they're efficient. You know, they they know how to win these games, even not at their best. So, yeah, very storm-like. Exactly. Brad's um, other favourite team, the Dragons, were up next <sighs> yes. against the Rabbitohs. Uh, yes. Rabbitohs getting that one done, twenty-four to twelve. Four tries to two for the Rabbitohs, Latrell Mitchell, Keon Kalormatangi, Campbell Graham, and Tane Milne dotting down. Two tries to the Dragons, Moses Mbai and Jaden Suwa. What do you think of this one, Brad? Loved it. Loved every minute of it. I bet you did. Um, the Dragons just look out of sorts. Um, Jack, I said it last week, I'll say it again. Jack Bird's not a 5'8". Um, yeah. Until they sort that, I don't see them getting out of this hole. Um, at the moment, all their attack is flowing from Ben Hunt, which just makes them too predictable. Um, I what are, I think they need to have an honesty session or something. Um, there are players out there that just don't look like NRL level right now. Andrew McCulloch needs to take a big look in the mirror. I think um, he, he has been invisible. Um, Latrell um, Mitchell obviously is a massive loss for the Rapidos, but I think Blake Tuff slided right in and did a hell of a job yeah um damien cook um he i think he was back to his darting best we've kind of mm. he's been a bit quiet um the past few seasons since they changed the rules um but hopefully it's a sign that he's returning to that type of form um plenty of players uh putting their hands up for souths in the exact opposite way that all the dragons players don't look like they want to be there um i think their young half lachlan um Ilias, um, had his best game yet and mm. has a promising future. It's showing that him and um, Cody Walker are starting to gel a bit better. They still need to work on their ball handling. I think it's going to be a thing I talk about the Rabbitohs every week. They make 13 errors, um, far too many. If they were playing a competitive side, I think they would have been in trouble. Um, they were just lucky it was the Dragons. Yeah, your favourite team. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree completely. The Dragons... Uh, what do you say? They're looking almost at Tigers level uh, at the moment. Because um, like you were saying, the Rabbitohs weren't exactly, um, you wouldn't have given them an A for their performance either. Like you said, 13 errors. They had 35 missed tackles to go with that. So that's, you know, not looking too flash. But yeah, Cook, I thought, had his best game of the year. Um, you already mentioned Ilias and, and, and those guys. But I thought uh, Keon Kalomatangi as well who's been going all right. I think he had a really good game, um, grabbing a try and, and a try assist in the second half as well. But, um, yeah, I agree with you, Brad. I don't. I think if the Rabbitohs were up against stiffer opposition, they would have found that game a lot harder. But yeah, luckily for them, it was only Brad's wooden spoon tip. The next game was 
uh, yeah, game of two halves. Titans versus the Eels. 26 to 20, the Eels getting it done. Five tries to four. Clint Gutherson got a double. He had a really good game, I thought. Uh, got his two tries in the first half. Bailey Simonson, Ryan Madison, and Dylan Brown getting the tries for the Eels. Four tries for the Titans. Philip Sammy, Aaron Clark, David Fafita, and Greg Mazu. All their tries came in the second half. It was 14-0 to the Eels at halftime, and the Titans actually fought their way back from 20-0. And then there was the pitch invader um, <laughs> getting cleaned up, which was enjoyable. And Junior Paulo being sin-binned. We'll, we'll scratch on that one, Brad. I want to set you up for that one. But um, what do you think of the match? It was rubbish. Rubbish. It was should not have been a, shouldn't have been a sin-bin. Gorgeous um, tackle. Ridiculous. Yeah. It was picture-perfect tackle. Um Unfortunately, it's the way, the way it is. Um, yeah, second time these teams have faced each other this season, and um, it was uh, another close one, um, like their their first one. Um, Eels' attack, I think, looked great. Their halves are working well together, and their forwards asked plenty of questions of the defense. Um, but their defense themselves is quite a worry. Um, Titans are basically the same. Um, they know how to score points, but they can't defend. Um, going try for try in the NRL isn't a way to win a premiership for either of these sides. Um, pretty even matchup. Um, I think both forward packs um, made for a great contest in the middle. Um, for Fida, he, he actually appeared in this game. Um, he scored a good try from dummy half where he ran 30 metres and made everyone look like toddlers. Um, but the Titans still just don't get him in the match enough. I don't know if it's... Him, we've got to blame, um, or the game plan. I, I'm not sure who's at fault there, but then he'd be getting the ball to him every set. It seems like the most obvious thing, and it's just not what they do. Um, but yeah, Eels have a good side, uh, but I keep repeating they need to keep the form, they can't let it slip halfway through the season like they've done the past few years. Um, they have all the players and tools to be a top four side, the only thing stopping them is them. Mm, fair enough. Um, yeah, I thought the Eels were really impressive uh, up until it was about 20-0, and then <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, the Titans sort of pegged one back and then another one, and um, yeah. we had we had the uh, penalties where um, – deliberate penalties where the Titans played for to get uh, captain's challenges. So just little things started going their way, which allowed them to creep back into it. But um, – yeah, up until that point, I thought the Eels were looking really good. Mitchell Moses, I think, has gone to another level this year. I don't know, I don't yeah. know if you agree with me, Brad, seeing as though you, you're an expert on playmaking now. but um, uh, He's all right. Yeah, he's going good, isn't he? I think he had three tries this, this game. Uh, the only thing I was disappointed that in was Clint Gutherson not doing the Gutherino over Philip Sammy when he scored over the top of him. He, yeah. I, I thought he might have been seeking a bit of revenge for round one. Yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. It would have kept off a nice game. Would have. Uh, now, the Sunday games. Sharks 30, 30 to 4 over the Tigers, um, the hapless Tigers. Um, <laughs> six tries to one. The Sharks' backline had an absolute field day in this one. But the six tries, Brighton. Brighton Nakora, Sione Katoa getting a double, Ronaldo Mulatalo, Jesse Ramian, and William Kennedy. And just the one try, 
pretty much right on full time for the Tigers. Ken Marmalo getting in intercept to avoid the big fat donut. Um, but yeah, the Tigers were never in this one. Um, no. even, the, even the Sharks didn't look at their best, but were still good enough to put 30 on. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, dreadful game to watch. It was it was horrible. Yeah. Um, I was watching it and then looking at the PlayStation going, I think that might be a better use of my time. Um, yeah, Tigers were never in the contest. Um, they were making schoolboy errors, dropping the ball, passing straight from the ruck, mm. um, things like that. Um, yeah, the only chance they got was in the dying stage when the game was over, when King got his intercept. Um, mm. The side... You know, the side was missing Dane Laurie due to COVID, which I think hurt them. Um, they're also missing Jackson Hastings. Um, mm. But I don't even think bringing him back into the fold is going to make them much better right now. Um, I don't like saying this because I don't know the players, but it just looks like they either don't care or they lack heart. Um, I talked about it a lot last year. The Tigers were losing left, right and centre, but they showed fight and they made teams work but that seems to have gone now um it's almost like a buy game and um, we just put get the two points and just make sure you you run around the field mm. um they need to get that that heart back um that they had last year um sharks they were strong forwards dominated the middle um spines working together well i don't think it was the best night for their their halves but they did they didn't really do anything wrong either I still think this side's a top four contender. Um, their backs were dangerous. Talakai is a monster out as a centre. And then Jesse Ramian's the centre on the other edge and is just a bit dangerous. So, um, yeah, it's it's not a team I'd want to face when they're clicking, that's for sure. Yeah, they've got all the ingredients out there, don't they? They're, yeah. they're looking like a dark horse for me, the Sharks. Um, the Tigers, on the other hand, yeah, awful. Not a lot needs to be said. I think they made 600 less running metres and only just got 1,000 running metres for the whole game as a team. Not one line break. Double-digit errors again. Um, yeah. Not looking good. Not looking good. Um, not sure where their first one's going to come from, but I think it's their, one of their worst... Is it their worst starts of the year? I think it is, isn't it, Brad? Um it's it's hard to remember. It feels so, like they start every game like or season like this. <laughs> but, yeah, well, there's only one way from here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the last game of the round, Panther, the Premiers, the Panthers getting up over the Bulldogs, thirty-two to twelve, five tries to two. Taylor May continuing on his try-scoring ways. Dylan Edwards, Liam Martin, Spencer Lenu, and Mitch Kenny getting the tries for the Panthers. Two tries for the Bulldogs. Tavita Pangai Jr. up against the club he had a short stint with last year, and Joe Stimson. Um, yeah, again, Panthers never really looked in danger, but um, what do you reckon, Brad? Yeah, new week, same result for Penrith, really, isn't it? So, yeah. um, another same week, another week. They're just so dangerous right now. I think you can close your eyes and just point, and you're going to pick out an attacking threat. Um, and defensively, I, they're still one of the best. Um, they just know how to squeeze oppositions out of games. Um, and I think they're well on the way of going back-to-back. -back. I know it's very early days, but it's just hard. Um, I can't really tell you a weakness in this side right now. Um, Bulldogs, like I mentioned earlier, um, I thought they were better this week. Um, Flanagan was talked a lot prior to the week. I even mentioned it last week that I thought it was unfair to throw him to the 
to the Lions in this game, but I think he actually played quite well. Um, yeah. He added some much-needed direction to the side, and I think it's signs that things could work out for him. Um, it was a loss, but I think a good starting point for the Bulldogs to reset, get the season back on track. Um, plenty was said during the game and after the game about Matt Dufty. Um, mm. He was getting he was getting uh, a lot of abuse from the commentating team, um, and I think he was poor in this match. But I he think was. he's been o- he's been okay for them this season. It was an off night. Something wasn't clicking with him either. It just looked like he was hesitating. Um, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. Uh, but they just need to get Josh Adokar into the contest more. Um, I think he showed what he can do um, when he actually got the ball in his hands. But he, he seems to be just sitting out on that sideline all alone for so long. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I thought Flanagan was strong enough. And, and I didn't sort of get all the talk during the week leading up to it from some pundits about him being thrown to the Lions. Um, you know, I kind of think, if you're going to play, there are no real easy games in the NRL unless you're playing the Tigers um, or the but, Dragons. Yeah, but if you know if you want to be a first grader, you're going to come up against teams like the Panthers. And I, I thought, I think Flanagan's probably the Bulldogs' best option at seven to partner Burton. To be honest, yeah. he's um, so whether they persist with that going forward, I'm not sure. The Panthers, like you say, no real weaknesses. Um, only get stronger, really, when you bring Brian Tor back from injury. Um, one interesting point, Brad, what do you do with Taylor May once Tor comes back? Do you throw him on the other side and, and maybe drop Stain, Charlie Staines? Because Taylor May's been playing the house down. Staines is gone. Yeah. Um, you, If you have to pick out of those three right now, he's the bottom of that list. Um, yeah. May's been too good and you don't, you're not benching Toto when he's available. So, yeah, Staines yeah. is on the way out there, unfortunately for him, um, unless he really picks up his game. Scary stuff, though, when you think about it, isn't it? Um, scary. They can only get better, and it's they're already good enough. Yeah. And that was the round. That was the round. So um, we may as well bring up the picks first. Um, there, Paul, uh, I am still leading. As, as it should be. <coughs> um, Richie and myself both got seven out of eight. We got the Knights-Eagles game wrong. Um, Simon, unfortunately, he got two wrong. He got the Knights-Eagles game wrong, and he got the Titans-Eels game wrong. Um, it's not going to be much spoilers here looking at the, the tips that we've all placed. We've all placed identical tips this week. Um, so that will basically look the same next week in our ladder. Um, we'll just see how good we are with our picks. But um, before we move on, if you want to bring up the ladder so we can briefly go over that, I want to see the ladder all the time while the Warriors are in the eight. Oh, look um, at that. Gorgeous. It's not really too much changes, really. Uh, Penrith still at the very tippity top, undefeated, and Tigers still at the bottom um, without a win. Sharks have moved into second place. Um, Melbourne a third, and Parramatta a fourth um, to head out that top four. Um, bottom four or the the bottom of the eight. Um, Roosters a fifth, Manly sixth, the Mighty Warriors a seventh, and then Cowboys a eighth. It's good to see. Means that if we had lost, we would have still been in the eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Rabbitohs are sitting on the edge at ninth. Titans tenth, Knights eleventh, Broncos twelfth. Then we get into the cellar dwellers. We've got the Raiders at thirteenth, Dragons fourteenth, uh, Bulldogs fifteenth. 
and then the Tigers, yeah, last. Um, so still a lot of movement. I'm pretty sure there'll be a few teams in the top eight that won't be there come this at the end of the year and vice versa with the bottom eight. Um, but as long as that little dragon logo continues to plummet, I'll be a happy man. Um, so oh, we'll briefly cover it. I know we're going super long here, but there was the uh, Women's Premiership Grand Final. Um, the Roosters defeated the Dragons 16-4. Um, to get their first ever title after the Broncos have had a stranglehold on it. Um, just your your quick thoughts on it. Um, I thought it was a great game. Um, Dragons got the first try in the first minute, um, but then the Roosters, you know, took over. Um, mm. What do you think? Um, yeah, just sum it up quickly. I thought the Roosters were really good to keep the Dragons just to four. The Dragons have been in hot form pretty much all year, so... Um, yeah, like you say, after the first try, the Dragons got the Roosters turned the screws and, and what can you say, deserve the champions. Um, and and nice to see a, a new a new name on the trophy. Yeah, and um, they get a couple of months to um, reset before they start all over again um, towards the end of this year for their next season. So um, we'll, we'll see how much um, will change really to see if it's kind of the roosters show or if the dragons will learn from this and um, attempt to swoop in and take the title. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. It should be a, a good second. Well, I want to say second season, but um, another good season at the end of this year. Um, so we'll go into questions. Do we have any questions from everyone else, Paul, before we jump into ours? Uh, there's been plenty of chat, but not any questions. I do have one for you, though, off the back of that women's uh, final. Uh, we've seen yep. um, the uh, 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 Fijiana Drua join in uh, Super W on uh, in, in Rugby Union. Uh, do you think there should be a uh, Tongan or a perhaps a Papua New Guinea side, women's side, joining uh, the um, N women's NRL? Uh, not yet. I, I think I still want to see that model of all the clubs first um but i think if they can grow it big enough and there's enough interest from those islands then yeah um eventually um they've just got to build it into a sustainable model first um you don't want to you know start talking about expanding all over the place and then it falls flat richard yeah i see where you're coming from paul because i know the in the Rugby, the the Fijian Drua uh, women's team has been going really well. They made the grand final, is it right, Paul? Or is it? Oh, yeah, they've, I know they've they made the season undefeated. So yeah, they've made the grand final. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's also a matter of expanding. I don't know international rugby league isn't necessarily the uh, the top thing, but if you're trying to expand the women's international uh, scene, then uh, giving those two countries who are kind of mm. uh, who who've got a league base or a league league history um, would be a would be one way to go. Yeah, I mean, and you obviously have a lot of talent, uh, talented ladies that would be coming coming from an island heritage. So, yeah, potentially potentially down the line. But yeah, agree with Brad. They still got to put the foundations in place um, with the NRLW. Yeah, and uh, and um, Callum, sorry, Callum's asking about the how Brisbane will go again this weekend. Well, Callum, don't worry. We will get into predictions for next for the next round in a moment. So don't worry about that. Yeah, and before we go into our questions, um, Robbie last week um, threw us the the curler um, asking for our all Aussie Warriors teams. Um, 
needed a bit more time than um, on the spot, but we 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 went away and um, got our team sorted. Honestly, Paul, we're, we're a professional outfit here, and you <laughs> and you do that to us. Um, so we we went away and got our teams. Um, I'll let you go first with your team, Richie. All right. So. Um, before I start, I, I honestly wanted to pick uh, Brent Webb and Nathan Fiend, but Brad told me I wasn't allowed to because they got selected for the Kiwis. Um, yeah, they're not. They're not. Um, they're not Australians. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're Kiwis. So this is what I've come up with: McKinnon at fullback, Justin Murphy, Ivan Cleary, and Brent Tate as my centres. Leon Ryan on the other wing. Oh, oh. Brad. Brad sounds like he forgot about the fastest man in rugby league in his day. Uh, Michael Witt and Maloney as my halves. Villasanti, PJ Marsh, Steve Price, my front row. Hoffman, Michael Luck, and Kevin Campion complete my back row. Jason Deeth, Mark Tukey, Justin Morgan, and Jacob Lillyman as my bench. There you have it. Ivan Cleary as coach. Oh, Daniel Anderson maybe as assistant coach. There you go. So, so you got you got Cleary playing in coach. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we we have a lot of the same players. I think it's um, yeah, it was a lot harder than I thought. Um, when I saw the questions, like oh, too easy. Um, there's been so many of them, and then when I was looking at it, I I struggled. And see, we can see you, Richard was beautiful to type it up. I scribble everything down. Um, you can't see it, but I, I'll say it out. I've got Ivan Cleary as my fullback. My wingers, I've got Justin Murphy and Wade McKinnon. Um, my centers, I've got John Carlaw and Brent Tate. My halves are Michael Witt and James Maloney. My front row is Jacob Lilliman, PJ Marsh, and Steve Price. My second row is Ryan Hoffman and Michael Luck. Um, my lock is Kevin Campion. Then my bench, I've got Nathan Friend. On my bench, Mark Tukey, Richard Villasanti, and then Filetti Mateo as my uh, my rogue. He's kind of a grey area because he technically played for Tonga as well. Um, but that was back when Tonga weren't the powerhouse they were, so they kind of didn't think that that was okay, and he played Origin. So I went with that. Um, so, yeah, you can give me that filthy look, Richard. But <laughs> I, rules are meant to be broken. Um, Fair enough. You, but, yeah, so um, hopefully that answered your question, Robbie, and hopefully we don't get too many curly ones like that again. Um, bit, of, bit of a danger zone on that last one there. Not sure if he's uh, yeah. allowed in or right. not, but, hey, theory, mate. Um, and, um, yeah, Mateo is the perfect player for what I like. So I had to get he him there somewhere. Um, so we'll go into our questions then, uh, Richie. Yeah. Um, I'll go with my one first cause mine's a bit shorter. Um, sure. what, what do you think is going to happen first? The Panthers lose or the Tigers win? It's a tough one cause the Panthers are so good and the Tigers are so rubbish, but I think in a couple of weeks, the Tigers come up against the Dragons, who are also pretty rubbish. So I might, maybe they get an upset there. So, yeah, there you go. I'll say Tigers get, get a win first. I don't think beating the Dragons is classed as an upset. I don't, um, I don't maybe you can't even class it as a win. Um, yeah, I'm looking, yeah, round eight, the 1st of yeah. May, they play the Dragons. Um, there you go. So, yeah. I'll, say, I'll yeah. say the Tigers win that one, and the Panthers won't won't have lost by them. Um, okay, so I'm going to want to see you actually pick the Tigers in that match and then tip <laughs> um, Hopefully, you forget you by that. 
And um, Simon says Panthers are most likely to lose before the Tigers win. So he's gone the other way on you there. Um, I I don't know. I'm sitting on the fence. I'm doing a Richard. So I'll sit on the fence there. Um, But your question for me. Yeah, so with the Kiwis set to play a test against Tonga, do you think that any of the Warriors players have performed well enough to earn selection? If so, if so, who's made the cut in your eyes for either the Kiwis or Tonga? Yeah, this one was hard. I looked at the roster, and um, for the Kiwis, I've got Sean Johnson as probably the only definite. At the moment, though, there's a lot of players that might get ahead of him, but I think he'll be in the squad. Um, I think Jerome Hughes, I would like to see him and Jerome Hughes together, but um, mm. Dylan Walker might get a look in as well. Dylan um, Brown. Dylan, Dylan Brown, Walker. sorry, not Dylan. No, Dylan Walker, he's Maldi Heritage, but not a yeah. Kiwi. Sorry, um, Dylan Brown, I meant. Um, but Cody could get a look in as the 14. Um, Jazz potentially could be in the same running for that 14. Um, and Dylan Watanese Esniak might get a look in as well, depending on how he bounces back from his injury. He's back this week for the Warriors. But those are the ones for the Kiwis. In terms of Tonga, um, Adam Fanua Blake is a, a walk-in straight away. Um, mm. Katoa potentially could get a look in as well, um, depending how he, he – I think he's been reasonable, um, reasonably strong for the Warriors this year. If that continues. Um, and then potentially um, Ben murdoch Masilla because I love him. Um depending how he bounces back from injury. You know, he came back from injury, got injured again. If he comes back in time and has a, a few good, strong outings, he could be a bench player. So that's a, there's not a lot of them, mm. um, but I think that's good. It's it's refreshing to see only a handful of Warriors being taken away for the Kiwis. It means that the talent's spread out a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I've got. I put the same minus Ben Murdoch Masilla. I don't think he'd played enough football, but um, yeah, there's still same. time. There's still time. Yeah, there's still time. But yeah, that, I had the same answers pretty much. So great minds think alike. So yeah, we may as well. I know we're long in the tooth, but we may as well get into round six in our picks. As I said, um, it looks like we've all picked the same. I saw Simon's picks earlier on, so I'd grab them. Um, so Thursday night, um, we've got the Raiders versus Cowboys. Um, we're all a bit confident. Uh, it looks like we've all picked the Raiders. Um, I think it, it's going to be tight, but yeah, I think the Raiders um, will want to bounce back from that disappointing performance and will um, come in. It's always hard to play it against the Raiders in Canberra. Yeah, that was what decided it for me. Raiders home ground advantage. The Cowboys dusted the Raiders when they played them a couple of weeks ago, so they'll want some revenge for that as well. Yeah. And then first game on Friday, we've got Rabbitohs Bulldogs. Um, I've gone with Rabbitohs, no Latrell, but I think they're still going to be better than the Bulldogs are right now. So an easy one for me. Yeah, same here. Same reasons. Um, then the next game on Friday is probably a rinse and repeat. Panthers Broncos, same thing. I don't see the Panthers losing anytime soon. I just want to, this is an, uh, a bit like the Warriors game coming up. Uh, I think it'll be a good gauge for the Broncos to see where they're actually at. Panthers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Easy pick. Yeah. And the first game on Saturday, we've got Seagulls Titans. I've learned my lesson. I've picked Seagulls. Um, I, I think, yeah, the, the Titans defense just isn't good enough. And I think um, Manly will um, have a few more tricks up the sleeve. Simon, again, he's picked all the same as us. So he's picked Seagulls as well. Mm. Um, and you have too. Why? What is your reason? Um, 
This was a tough one. I, I, you know, it was without Tommy Turbo. I think I saw enough from Manly um, over the weekend without Tommy to to think that they that they probably get get up at home. Um, but I don't think it'll be a gimme. I think it'll be a tight game. Yeah. Um, next game on Saturday is Storm versus Sharks. Um, we I've gone with the Storm. I think the Sharks are showing um, good progress, but I kind of put Storm in that Panthers bubble where it's just hard to see them uh, losing. So I've gone with them. Yeah, Sharks were attempting tip here as an upset, but I always pick Storm. Yeah, yeah and then um, first game on Sunday, uh, we have Roosters Warriors. This one was hard. I've gone with the Roosters. Um, I think the Warriors have been great. We haven't seen them against the type of competition Roosters are yet. I want to see them competitive, but I think the Roosters will have the edge, and um, we don't have the greatest history at the SCG. Um, so that kind of helped tip me towards the Roosters, but I'm hoping this is the one game I get wrong. Yeah, same here. Um, this will be a good gauge, but uh, yeah. We <laughs> roosters are always a tough game. Um, I'd love to see you see me tip this one wrong, though. Yeah, and then, um, final game on Sunday, we have the Dragons Knights. Um, Dragons are useless, so I've gone with the Knights. Yep, same, 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 same. <laughs> and then, because it's Easter, we have a game on Monday. Um, we have the Eels versus the Tigers. Uh, I I shudder to think what's going to happen to the Tigers in this game. So I think the Eels are going to win and win at large. Yeah, I think so too. If the Tigers turn up with the same sort of effort they did against the Sharks this weekend, um, the Eels will put a good score on them, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting so, time. So looking at the, um, the old uh, TAB and... Uh, Looking at that, uh, basically, uh, you've you've gone with all the favourites except for the the uh, dragons versus the knights, where they've gone with the uh, dragons as favourites there at one dollar sixty eight. Um, you've gone for uh, the knights at a dollar fifteen or three. So, um, ridiculous from the TAB. What are they doing? Just trying to throw their money away. It is it is the closest game according to them. All the others yeah. see that uh, to be fair, but um, but there you go. Um, yeah. Could be close. Could be. The Rubbish. Knights you guys are, you're delusional. The Knights haven't been going that great either, Brett. It's it's going to be a whitewash. Um, <laughs> so you're going to... for um, uh, you're going for six. Is that right? Two, four, six, yeah, six, uh, six home wins and only the solitary away win there um, for the Knights. So, uh, hometown fans, so uh, you should be having a good weekend this weekend. Yeah. Um, as long as we get them right, as long as that's not like round one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before we go, we'll just do a brief recap of Super League as well. Um, there was a bit of news. We won't go into it too much, but James Maloney tested positive for cocaine and has been stood down by his club. He's playing basically club footy over there. Um, so I think he might have even thought that they didn't get drug tested at that level. I'm not sure. Um, not a good look, but I'm sure he's not losing any sleep over it in France. Um, yeah. But they had the Challenge Cup quarterfinals. Um, Hull KR defeated Castleford 34-10. St. Helens defeated Catalans 36-20. Huddersfield defeated Hull FC 24-16. And Wigan defeated Wakefield 36-6, which means we're down to four teams. Huddersfield versus Hull KR is the first semi-final. 
and Wigan versus St. Helens is the second. Um, and yeah, Paul said, funny how you're testing positive and think COVID, not drugs. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, yeah, we've got um, the semifinals are the 7th of May. Um, so a little bit of time away, but they've, they're squeezing two rounds in this um, before our next show for the Super League. So round eight is coming up um, basically tomorrow. Um, Wakefield versus Castleford, Leeds versus Huddersfield, Warrington versus Salford, um, Catalans versus Toulouse, Hull KR versus Hull FC, and St. Helens versus Wigan. Um, Simon did mention earlier as well. Um, I'm trying to see it. Again, um, Sky have free Super League features this year. They have the French Derby versus Catalan and Toulouse, 6.30 on Friday morning. And then um, the next feature is 11.30 at night on Friday, Hull FC versus Hull KR. Um, but yeah, after the, all those games, they've decided like three days later they're going to squeeze in round nine, um, which is still before our next show, which is Castleford versus Leeds, Huddersfield versus St. Helens, Salford versus Catalans, Wigan versus Trinity, um, Toulouse versus Hull KR, and Hull FC versus Warrington. Um and yeah, Callum said when fans said they wanted Maloney to increase his overall try tally by finding the line more, that's not exactly what they had in mind. That's <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, so um, next week we'll have basically two rounds to do a brief recap of because of them squeezing everything in. Um, but yeah, as long as I see two wins for Wigan out of that, I'll be happy. Um, but they have St. Helens, so that's going to be a tough one. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add before we go, Richie? Or Paul? Uh, thanks for the chat. And thanks, Paul, for your hard work. And make sure you all tune in again next week. Tell your mum to tune in, Callum. Brad's handsome face will still be here. It's always and here. Have a good night. And, and I'll um, keep just it, both, boys, you both, uh, you both, this, you both, filthy traitors. Not picking the, uh, not, 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 not picking the Warriors. Last time I didn't pick the Warriors, we won. So. Hopefully that's still the case. And, um, yeah, in future, hopefully Paul will have his phone on silent, you know, to keep our professional <laughs> look. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining us and tuning in to the standoff with Brad and Richie uh, tonight. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, thank you. For, for joining me again, Richie, and thank you, Cheers, Paul, mate. in the background. And um, good night, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.